Good morning, Rock Bible Church. It's good to be here with you today. Get some interaction. My whole family's gone this weekend. No, it was glorious. <laughs> sit around the house and take care of really important things like watching Netflix. <laughs> Went out to the movies and stuff like that. So, uh, so it's good to be with my family this morning, right? Right? We're all in God's family, so it's good to be here, uh, get a little interaction, and hear from the Lord. Amen? Hey, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We have Bibles and outlines and such to follow along, pens for you to take notes if you want. Um, and then while they're doing that, just get their attention. They'll get you anything uh, that you need. Prayer request cards as well. Uh, but while they're talking, just want to remind you a couple little things. Uh, one, most of our weekly program is going to shut down this week. So men's fraternity tomorrow night will be off. Uh, our Tuesday night middle school group this weekend will be off. Our Wednesday morning men's group this week will be off. Our Wednesday night uh, high school ministry will be and making dinner for their parents, probably, hopefully, for the next day or not. Um, so, uh, so have a great week with your family. Engage. Uh, do whatever you can. And then, um, and then we'll, re, we'll, we'll kick back up all the other stuff uh, after the Thanksgiving weekend. I uh, want to encourage you to do a, do a reading, even if it's just by yourself. But the Advent readings, we need... Uh, four of them on Sundays. We need one. We need Christmas Eve, two services, three and four thirty. That was to avoid all the emails and phone calls, text messages. Hey, what time are services again? Three and four thirty. Okay, um, one hour. One hour. We're in. We're out. We're done. Okay. Uh, and then there was one other thing that I need to remember, and now I'm blanking. That we need to talk about in event readings. And No, Advent readings. It'll come to me at some point, huh? I just wanted to have an awkward moment of silence with you for a second. <laughs> right, student ministry. Oh, my goodness. All right. Hey, uh, let's jump in. We're, we're doing um, our ongoing series on doctrine and theology. This morning, we're going to do uh, God and His Word. And this morning, I want us to focus on inspiration. Uh, when you look at God's Word and Scripture and the doctrine of it, there's a bunch of different directions to go with it. And I, I went back and looked at what we did uh, last time we did this series. This was back in 2012. And we did Doctrine of Scripture. And we, we did a good job. We, we did a nice drive-by and caught all the main points. And I thought, too bad. It was, it was like we were driving down Highway 5. And it's like, hey, did you see all the places on, on I-5 as you, you were driving down yeah, I saw them. Well, did you like them? Or, I don't know. We went by them so fast, we really we didn't get into the detail. And so um, we're going to do several weeks on just Scripture because there are different, several different angles. This morning, I just want to look at inspiration. Uh, where did the Bible come from? Where, what is God's Word uh, in nature to start with? And so that's what we're looking at um, this morning. And uh, before we do, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, and thank you for what you say to us, 
And I pray, Lord, that you would help us this morning to look at Scripture uh, as unique. And I pray that you'd uh, be with us as we uh, look at your word and talk about your word and kind of take a new perspective uh, that we would never look at it the same. And that we continue to pursue it and understand that it's part of our pursuit of you. And so I pray you bless our time this morning and uh, we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be half distracted all morning until I figure out what the other thing was. Just, I'm just letting you know, okay? Hey, uh, we're going to start 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be uh, several different places in the Bible this morning because i got about six points that are going to come from six different-ish type places because uh, I want us to cover like as best we can uh, what is inspiration and have more than one reference for it, but see that throughout Scripture, uh, the Bible talks about itself as God's inspired word. And so I want us to cover that. And then we're going to see some things this morning maybe that uh, you've never seen before. I'm pretty sure at least one, even you lifers. Um, but let's, let's get into um, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. There's just little, four little verses there. So look down at your Bible or look up on the screen because there we go. Uh, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood... You've been equated with the what? Sacred. Sacred. All right. The sacred mumblings. Uh, let's try it again. Verse 15. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the beginning. So I'm going to give you a long ramp, on-ramp. Okay? I'm going to say the. You're going to say sacred writings. All right? Here we go. Uh, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the? Okay. I want us to look at that little phrase there. Because this is a like poster child um, example of a, a phrase in Scripture that you could read over and just move on. And that's dangerous because you miss something. Sacred is not a, it's not a word that we use very often, right? I think it'd be a cool new slang phrase. Oh, hey, hey, I heard last night was, was good. Was it good? Oh, yeah, it was sacred. <laughs> I think that could work. I don't know. I'm going to try it out. The kids are all going to reject it just because as adults, if we use it, they won't like it, right? You see, they've all tuned out already. So anyways, uh, well, sacred, what's that? What's sacred imply? Assume. Holy, okay. First service, you, you know, first service is a little bit teacher's pet, right? They came back with reverent. And I was, oh yeah, that's what I said. That's right. I didn't even say a word. I said, ooh. <laughs> holy, reverent. Uh, but as you start defining holy, reverent, sacred, uh, when you get down to the foundation of what are the, all those words pointing at, or maybe who are all those things pointing at? God. There's an absolute about God in the word sacred. And we look at Scripture I want to impress to you the idea that there's, a, there's an absolute about God in those, what's the second word? Writings. Now, let's have a little fun with this. Writing's a very simple term for me. I know when there's a writing, in order to have a writing, there's a few key pieces you have to have. You have to have a writing utensil. You need uh, writing, something to write on. 
you have to have something to write about. And what's the one, what's the fourth missing piece? You have to have a writer. You got to have somebody to write it down, right? Uh, you know, in Scripture, we've got writers. In fact, some of the books start with, I, Paul, you know, I wrote, pen, I wrote this, whatever. Um, have you put the two together, sacred and writings? Absolute God as an origin, and yet some people got to write it. Because I, th- I think that's the place where our culture, our, our, our atheists and such, th- they like to argue against Scripture. Right? Have you heard some of these arguments? Well, it was just written by a bunch of men. They're probably all chauvinists. And, and, they, and they get into all these goofy things about how bad we are as humans. And so we could never come up with anything any good. Which is kind of right in some ways. Unless... It was inspired by sacred, inspired by God. If he said, yeah, I'm going to let you write this, but it's going to be holy. And I'm going to protect it. I'm going to make sure that it's true. I'm going to make sure that it's got promises that actually follow through. Right? At some point, we have to decide whether the writings of some humans we're actually inspired. And folks, this is one of the few axles that the whole vehicle spins on. Because if the Bible is just writings, you're in trouble. Because now it's a bunch of stories. And the argument for them being fairy tales is really pretty strong. If it's just sacred, well, it's sacred, but it's not accurate. It's holy, but it's all analogy, and I don't know how much. No, there needs to be a human side to it. There needs to be a writer's side to it that we can adjust to, understand, relate to. Because you really need it all together. I think it's tragic and sad, sometimes hilarious, when people take Scripture and they simply just discard it. And it's easy for us to do. Uh, it's sad and hilarious because sometimes, man, you miss the point on that totally. Or, oh my, how could you do that? Scripture speaks against it. Of course you're having consequences. It's, it's plain as day in the Scripture. Now, why is it that it can be so uh, hilarious and tragic at the same time and happen so often? Because we do this thing as humans where we go, well, I've had this experiences, uh, these experiences. My mommy and my daddy brought me up this way. My teacher taught me this. I got to experience that. You know, last time I was competing, this happened. And we have this kind of frame of reference of our five senses. And those become gospel. And then we look at scripture over here, and it says, yeah, dude was walking on the water. And we go, that couldn't happen. I've got this frame of reference over here that says, that's crazy. I want to I beg you to entertain the idea that you might have flopped crazy. Just because your five cents picked it up a few times or a bunch of times or for the last 16 years or whatever it is, that's just one set of information. 
If we take scripture at its word, at its face value, it's referencing eternity. Of all kinds of five senses, people, their sets, what they came up with, and the originator, the creator of all of it. And he says, you know, what you call supernatural, and I just call natural. I've done it a time and time and time again. And I decide what is true and what is right and what's common and what you can expect. Rather than it just didn't happen for you a few times, and so therefore, eh, I don't buy it anymore. It's never happened to me. Seems like he always has those things happen for him, but it never happens to me. God must like him better, or God must not do that all the time, or we come up with these truths that are false and super dangerous. The fastest way to get there. Like, I watched a movie last night about going fast. Ford versus Ferrari. I'm fully endorsing the movie. There's no nudity. I don't think there was really any violence. And it was not, there was a few swear words. But it was kind of cool. We go fast, right? The fastest way to get there is for us to say that the Bible's just a collection of stories. No. Can't. The Bible refuses to function on that assumption. What I like about the Bible is that it's highly opinionated. Have you noticed? Let's get into some of the opinions. Uh, God's word as inspired. This is part one of our God's word mini-series within the greater series of theology and doctrine. And I want us to see back verse 15 that we just read. It called it sacred writings, which means that God's inspired word is sacred and holy. And those are words we don't use very much. When we use them, we don't use them well. They've kind of lost their meaning. Holy means set apart for all the right reasons by God himself. In fact, the Bible calls you holy sometimes. Uh, that's a great thing. But what if scripture, what if God's word, what if every single book that's in it was perfect, was totally inspired, came directly from him, is set apart? Whew, that's great. Right? Uh, let's finish the, because um, I think I stopped at sacred writings in our four verses, right? Let's go back, okay. Uh, Steve, help me out. Uh, sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is what? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have set you up better. I want you to do four words. Okay, we're going to start again, beginning of 16. I'm going to stop at is. You're going to take over. All right? All scripture is? Good. Oh, somebody threw the and in there? That's five. I said four. Right? That's all right. Scott and I are very similar in more than just our names. Right? Um, I did, I did the fifth one just to mess with the system. That's me. That's the way I would have done. But uh, breathed out by God. Breathed out. How do you breathe out writings? Writings are like with a hand, right? Maybe. Or writings are with a keyboard. 
Well, it, it references where, where do writings from keyboard or hand come from? Usually from a thought or an emotion that is expressed in word, and then it's like, oh, we got to document this. They said something I think it was kind of important. Let's write it down, right? You've heard the phrase, are you taking notes? Right? Sometimes you're superior. You're having a meeting. Write this down. Are you taking notes, right? This is important. But it comes from something they're actually generating by mouth first. And it's kind of interesting that the Bible is pointing this idea out that Scripture actually came from the source, God's voice, God's breathing out. Now we know where it comes from. Profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. You know what? I want to be complete. I know, Scott, you have a long way to go. I want to be complete, and I want to get some stuff done. I want to actually accomplish some things. We don't necessarily raise your hand, but anybody else in the room want to feel like they're complete as a person, as a being, as an experience, and then with that completeness, I want to go get some stuff done. That's pretty cool. Why do kids go off to college? Why do people take jobs? Why do people put up with anything? Because they want some sense of belonging or acceptance or value, and then they want to take that and do something with that, preferably with other people. That's kind of how we function. God says, here's how you do it. Scripture. It's it's interesting. It says in verse 15, sacred writings and faith in Christ. And then verse 16 says, it's breathed out by him profitable for one, teaching, two, reproof, three, correction, training in righteousness that you can do complete. You think there's more than just those first four things in your completeness process? Absolutely. Can't list them all. That's why he just went general with, hey, we're going to make it complete. And how many good works? Every. That's a big number. There's a little game, a little experiment I want you to do moving forward. I want you to start asking yourself, how many different things is Scripture good for? Because I started to look at Scripture initially as, well, these are just stories about God. Yes, and what else? Stories about Jesus. Okay. And what else? There's, there's some prayers in there, I think. Yes, and what else? Yeah, come on, Scott. Let's keep going with this. Keep generating. Well, there's some truths in there. Okay, good. What else? Instructions, commands, promises, songs, poetry. Right. It goes on and on. What's it good for? Say everything, and then, we're, then we can stop the list, right? <laughs> Play that out in your life. I have a bad relationship. Maybe I should get into Scripture for a little bit and get a perspective on that bad relationship so that bad relationship can become good relationship. There's so many different ways for this to play out because it is sacred and holy. Uh, this is Second Timothy, and the second... Uh, fill in there is from verse 16 it's breathed by God God's inspired word is breathed by God we're getting to who the source is because here's the reality all his promises are yes and amen now don't comment on the tone I know 
I've had to listen to me my whole life. But the words we sang earlier are worthless if there's not something behind the promises. If the promises don't come true, then, hey, yes and amen. Those are great answers, unless they don't come true. Hey, you coming tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. How many times has that fallen through? Hey, hey, do you you feel like you can support me? Oh, amen. Then they don't show up and they don't support you. It was a nice promise, and the promise was yes and amen, but it didn't follow through. We need promises that are sacred, holy, breathed out by God, that we can count on, bank on, that are no matter what, stone cold lock. Do we really believe that about Scripture? Because I get too many people, in my experience, who come and say, well, the Bible says this, and that could never happen, therefore the Bible has faults. You know, the Bible misrepresented this over here. I said, really? You know, for the longest time, that would force me to question Scripture. And I would do these little studies and experiments. You know what I found out? I was questioning the wrong source. I should have questioned the person. You know, every time I question the person who contradicts Scripture, you know, how, you know my, re- my track record is? 100%. I've never been 100% in anything. I want to just thank the Lord right now. I finally got 100% on something. Right? That one math test way back in like sophomore year. Right? Uh, we got to believe that he's doing these kind of things. And watch what Exodus 31, 18 says. This, this one is one of the one I said you might not have ever seen before, right? This is Exodus. We're coming off the mountain. They got the 10 tablets and the 10 commandments and, uh, you know, Moses and the guys and the whole thing. And he comes down and, and listen to what Exodus commentary on what had happened. And he gave to Moses, who, who's he? Okay. He gave to Moses when he had finished speaking to him, so words, on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written by Moses. No, written by the finger of God. Whoa. That sand that the ten tablet, the, the two tablets with the Ten Commandments, sorry, I told you, only got 100% on math tests once. Uh, not written by Moses, not written down by Moses. Written by the finger of God. Okay, now, I want to totally mess with you. Is that literal or figurative? Literal or analogy? Is this statement about uh, an observation or a statement about values? I don't really know, Scott. I'm kind of enjoying the fact that other people are yelling out answers because then I can stay quiet and if we all stay quiet long enough, the awkward pause will be too much and Scott will answer his own question. You are correct. Uh, Not sure, could be both. Not the point. Where'd the rules come from? Where the words come from? Who spoke them originally? God has inspired his word. And when people want to go and, and 
find something on their phone that they searched on the internet as a priority over scripture, as some are probably even doing right now. What are you going to get? A lesser product. You're not going to get perfection. There ha- uh, the, the inspired word of God is written from his very finger. There's other places that it says that, like by the finger of God. I didn't put them all down here. You can look them up later if you want. But watch what it says, uh, Acts 3.21. So we've gone uh, New Testament to First Testament. We're going back to New Testament. Acts 3.21 says it this way. Whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke. Who spoke? No, by the mouth of the holy prophets. No, the prophets said it. Which one was it? It's both. God spoke them, and how did he speak them? To the prophets, and so then the prophets had it come out of their mouth too. I'm so tired of people telling me about prophets and prophecy. Oh, we're going to predict the future. No, prophecy is about two other things. One, God speaking to someone, and then them telling the truth. Now, the truth may be about the future, But most times in scripture, I mean, 98% is about current truth for the prophet, not current truth for us. See, when God says something, we should be finding out what he's trying to say. Rather than, well, a guy said it, and I don't know that I trust all the guys that I've met, so maybe the guy that said it Maybe we shouldn't trust him. We can come up with as many excuses to not validate scripture, to deny it, and say they're just great stories. And then what do you got? You're left with your five senses and your discernment. Good luck with that. It has failed me. So, uh, spoken by his voice. The inspired word of God is spoken by his voice. In the beginning, God said, let there be. That's where truth started. He said a bunch of stuff since then. It's all right here. Uh, John, one, one. Yeah. The Bible starts with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? John, fourth gospel, in the order we have it, not necessarily in the order they were written, but John decided, well, if we're going to start the story of Jesus, we should start it the same way we started the story at the beginning of Genesis. Let's start it within the beginning, right? John 1, 1, in the beginning. And then he says, but I got to update like what's really going on now, right? Prophet, truth. That's current for the prophet. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Prior to all creation, all that stuff, we have truth. We have God's will, God's desire, God's what he wants to speak, what he wants to communicate. So that's in the beginning of all things. And then watch this. This is fascinating. Because verse 2 through 13, you're going to cover like... Uh, 
13 different thing, other things that how that plays out from verse 1. But you get to verse 14 and watch what it says. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. What happened to the word? It became Jesus? What, have you thought of it that way before? If I ask somebody, hey, who's Jesus? Oh, he's the son of God. Yeah, who else is he? Uh, he's the second part of the Trinity with the Holy Spirit. Uh, who else is he? Well, he's the one that made us a bunch of promises, like I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Who else? Well, he did miracles. What else? He did teach. You ever get to the point where he's the manifest truth of God's word? You know, that, that, means, that means God's word and what he wants for us to know, all that, that existed in the beginning. And God, t- you, guys are, you guys are right to left, okay? He started here, uh, his word, and he takes that, he says, we're gonna make it, we're gonna play it out in humanity by having my son be the representation of it. How does that work? Here's, here's how I know that I can't always trust Science. There is no way for science to explain the word of God becoming human and manifesting in the second person of God's existence. Never will there be a scientist other than God himself who could explain that. That's, that's kind of weird. That truth and reality of what God wants said and done has played itself out becoming human in the being of Christ. Wow. See, now Jesus is more than just deity. He's more than just humanity. He's also truth. The embodiment of. How important do you think Scripture is now? If God's trying to validate and live out actual Scripture in the being of Christ. Now, that was like deep, right? Anybody rope-a-doped right now? Like, whoa. Okay. Folks, that's seminary. Just welcome to that's like seminary. Now we're going to argue through that and talk it through and find revenue. No, no, no. I got to get to work. <laughs> yeah. It goes a lot of places, right? So it's, the, it's manifested in Jesus. The inspired word of God is manifested in Jesus. And then lastly, 2 Peter uh, verse 1 Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Amen. I am so glad it says that. I am so tired of people coming up with what they think God means. What they think the Bible says. I am so tired of people making up stuff that works well for them. Well, why do you think? Well, I just like that. I kind of want my God to be like that. What? Are you kidding? That's like a comedy where somebody says, well, I like to picture my Jesus like this. That is comedy only because of the irony. What's irony? The comparison of two things that look like they're kind of similar and yet totally different. Like way off. Well, I just feel like uh, God wants me to be happy. He told you that where? 
What do you mean that's not in Scripture? Do you realize what you just said to me? What do you mean that's not in Scripture? Do you not know whether it's in Scripture or not? Because what you're explaining to me is that you just came up with a truth outside of Scripture. That's backwards, folks. Sideways at best. Twisted for sure. And absolutely, totally common. We do it all the time. Well, I just, I think, you know. Pick a category. Sexuality, relationships, money, greed, whatever. Just pick a category. And man, we make up stuff based on our own interpretation. Watch this, verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Praise God and may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Can I get an amen? Because we got to say amen out loud as a congregation several times in order to qualify as Southern Baptists. Amen. Right? We got to do that and have potlucks. But good news, the floor is almost done. So we'll catch up on the potlucks. All right? You know what Southern Baptists also do? The correct ones? They get their truth from Jesus. You guys sang it. You can have all in this world. I, I, I know I'm butchering it, right? But give me what? Jesus. How? Okay, great. You want, you're going to give me everything, but you want Jesus. No problem. I give it to you. How? Scripture. I had a moment. We were singing. You guys were all standing. He's cranking. He's stinking amazing, isn't he? So amazing. So amazing it stinks. Stinking amazing. Scott, that sounds kind of mean. How is it stinking? Well, I know how much I stink when I watch him sing. Because he's, right? But we're having a moment. You guys are all standing. I'm sitting. Right? Just, can I go public for something real quick? I sit in the front row during the singing time. You know why? Because during the preaching time, I stand the whole times and you guys sit. I get done with first service. By the time I get to second service, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm getting old. I'm having a moment. I'm sitting here. You guys are all singing. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, there's something. I had to look it up on my phone, which is great news. You just got permission to be on your electronic devices during sermon and church time. How come your church does that? I don't know, but the pastor does it, so. Now, I was looking up verses. So we'll see how you use your electronic time during sermon. But uh, I was reminded of this thing where it says, uh, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Man, that's an exhaustive list. I got to set an example in all those things. That's give me Jesus, right? That's be a Christian. That's have faith. That's live it out. Affect community. Be a community that serves the greater community. In casual ways that welcomes all to worship. Right? You know the very next verses? Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to exhortation, and to teaching. Man, 
do all that stuff. Speech, love, conduct, faith, purity. And how? Dedicate yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I have loved both those verses most of my entire Christian existence, and I had yet to understand that they were right next to each other. How do you do it? You stop coming up with your own ideas. And you come up with God ideas as fast as you can, especially before first service. Because when you come up with it at the beginning of second service, then it's a second service extra and first service misses out on it. We've got to have God's word as the priority. Why? Because it's inspired. And what the verses just told us here is that God's inspired word is given through prophets, and his Holy Spirit. You are not the source. You never will be that you know of. He might inspire you without your knowledge, and the Spirit may guide you, and you might be talking to Heidi, and you say something, and you're just talking, and it's no big deal, and you go home, and God takes that inspiration and does something with Heidi, because he always does. Uh, but God is always the source. And here's the thing. We've, we, look at how much source we have. We have. I said this first. We have a source from the source that you can source. I know. I, I, it, was, it was meant to be a little bit cute. And first service is just like, what? And some of them are like, are you just being cute? Well, kind of, because it'll make you maybe remember it. But what does it mean that you, are, you have a source from the source that you can source? I mean, you have something tangible. God has created something tangible, useful, from God the creator, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. And then he has failed to keep it locked away and out of your reach. He has put it in front of you. You have total, and more time than any in all of history. Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm going to get through my life. It'll end. We're not going to talk about that part of it. But I'm walking in. It's time for heaven for me. Like, okay, I think I did kind of okay. I mean, I was a pastor. But I don't know. That doesn't guarantee anything. Right? We're only saved by the shed blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? Amen? And I walk in. It's going to be a little, I'm going to be nervous. No matter what, I'm going to be nervous, right? And God's going to say, God says he's going to give an account of us, of everything. And I'm going to be talking to him. He's going, to, hey, Berglund, glad you're finally here. I have a few things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's report card time. How'd I do? Eh, B minus here, C plus there. Mm, got an A minus over here. That's, that's pretty good. Oh, D. Uh, I was like, okay, well, what's that mean? That means you got like a 2.1 GPA or whatever. It's like, I didn't know you were like a teacher. It's like all my worst dreams or nightmares coming true. It's like, no, nah, I'm just using GPA because that's a scale of measure that you understand. I said, so I'm in? Well, you're in, but man, you, you catastrophically failed. You got an F in one area. Wait, what was that? I gave you massive access to what I think, what I want, 
what I care about, who I am, to truth. You had it in like 39 different translations, and that's just English. I put it on every single one of your electronic devices. There's more websites than I even like to have about my word. And yet in all of that, you could have spent so much time in my word, so much more, and you missed it. Missed what? I studied it. I took Greek and Hebrew, God. Yeah, but you missed it. Missed what, God? All of the things that I meant for you to experience, Scott, in Scripture, from Scripture, and what Scripture would do in developing you, all the things that I wanted to inspire in you, you missed out on all those things. Like what, God? What did I miss out on? Peace, patience, kindness, experience, hope, clarity, I was going to take some fears away. I was going to remove some doubts. In fact, you were going to be pretty kick butt and accomplish a lot more stuff and you barely got in. That's what I'm afraid of. Is that we, we have access to absolute truth. I don't know, I think a dude wrote it. I'm not sure if I agree with the Council of Nicaea. What? You weren't even there. (laughs) You don't even know what their standard of measure is. And if I explained it to you, I'd find a hole in that too. We've got to get to a place where we start to believe that God actually 100% has inspired his word because from there it goes to awesome places. Is he still inspiring things? Beyond just his word. Hey, when your parents met, the fact that you even got to be on this planet, did he inspire that? How about the spouse you got? How about the kids he did or didn't let you have? He inspired that? How about the thoughts that come into your head? How about the thoughts that don't come into your head? He inspiring that, protecting you? We've got to get to a place where we start to get into like 1% understanding of sovereignty that he is in control of all things, all the time. I get distracted by soccer and the weather. Do my clothes match. Absolute dumb stuff. So freeing to know that if my clothes don't match, it was the inspiration of the Lord. Right? Now I got freedom. (laughs) We got to stop walking that other way. I have uh, two children who are pursuing higher education. What that means is giving away large, exorbitant amounts of money to study. Getting phone calls from said individuals. Explain to me like what college life is like these days. And I don't know. I have no idea. Been out of college for (laughs) years. And they're telling me stories. Fortunately, it's about the two of them are both studying. But how many people are paying a ton, a ton of money? And they're not studying. There, apparently, there's other things to do at college than study. You heard this? 
they have experts in the field that could teach them purity and truth and experience, and they're wasting it away. Some of those professors wrote the book on the topics that they're teaching. And you know what the college kids get out of it? Oh, of course he did. Made me buy his book so he can make more money. That's all you got out of it. Because what I'm getting is you're getting the lecture and you're getting the notes from the expert. And they think they're wasting time. I didn't tell this story for service. You got, you got two minutes? My car broke. I was 16. Ford LTD. Bought it from my dad. Promptly crashed it. Went to the junkyard. Got one door. I, had, I was the kid, I was the 16-year-old with the car with one door is the wrong color. <laughs> driving around Castor Valley. 16-year-old boys in the Bergen family have yet to learn how to take care of a car. I blew the head gaskets. Now I got a car that no work. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Everybody I talked to said, good luck. Get some tools. I found a manual for Ford LTDs. It was massive. And it was super wide. So when you flap the thing open, it was like this wide. And I opened the hood and I got some tools. I started pulling this thing. I'm pulling the heads off. Uh, Eight-cylinder Ford engine. And I'm leaning over this thing for hours trying to figure out, what's a torque wrench? You know, like this stuff. <laughs> hey, 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 Tony, I need a, for, a torque wrench. What's that? Oh, well, they're long. It has a little indicator, blah, blah, blah. Here, it's going to be really important because if you tighten the, screw, the bolts at the different tights, you know, then the one's less tight and you're going to have leaks again. And then you did it all for nothing. All right, where did I get that? Go to the auto parts. I'm getting, and finally I realized, I started taking things off. And I finally realized I could step over this bumper and I could stand in the engine compartment and I won't be leaning over all the time. The head gasket's right here. And I just put my book here and the tools here and the hood's open. My mom comes out and she starts calling people. I think there's something wrong with Scott. He's standing in the engine compartment. I started fixing this thing. I'm like in the middle of it, and I'm fixing it. Why? Because I had a book of truth about how to fix it. Instead of standing on the outside, I was fully engaged where I was standing right inside the compartment. Is this really a story about my car? No. It's, just, it's a story about your life. You could be right in the middle of it, fixing it, doing well, and you have the manual from the manufacturer. I think I'm going to start calling him that from now on. <laughs> said the creator. Everybody said, oh, God, the creator. Yeah, they've heard it 7,000 times, and it's lost all its meaning. Kind of like sacred, right? I've met the manufacturer. You what? Manufacturer what? Don't worry about it. Well, what was it like? It was sacred. <laughs> We're going to have some fun, right? Uh, folks, this is just the inspiration of Scripture. We're going to get into the inerrancy of Scripture. We're going to get into a bunch of that. All right, moving forward. I hope you'll be here. Lord, thank you. 
and show us, Lord, what you're continuing to inspire. And I pray, Lord, that as you're doing that, uh, you're, do- you're doing it as we have a firm foundation and 100% confidence that you are the source of your own word. Father, that we would stop saying, what does the Bible say about itself? And start saying, what does God say about his Bible? May we look at you as the owner. And as your word says, the perfecter of our faith. That you are the manifest embodiment of truth and word. Pray, Lord, that would give us confidence to chase many, many other things. And Father, for those of us that have doubts on on your word still, help them to do that experiment, to keep that experiment going. Prove your validity. Prove your existence to them through their interaction with your word. Father, we thank you for the offering we're about to receive. Pray you would use it to help us further promote your inspired word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.